Welcome to the history of the band Six Shooter, as remembered by Dave Jackson. Welcome to the history of the band Six Shooter. I'm your host, Dave Jackson. This podcast is best consumed from the very first episode to now. If you're an Apple podcast, you're right where you need to be. If you're not, that's okay. Simply download all the episodes and sort them oldest to newest. We're starting off with February 13th. Concerns over Lee. Well, it appears that Lee has taken his phone off the hook. Last Tuesday, John could not make practice due to the house stuff. Lee wanted to practice on Friday, but due to Valentine's Day, we practiced on Thursday. Lee never called at 630. His phone was busy the whole evening. Apparently, this is before call waiting. I don't know. This combined with the lack of meter on slow songs made for a kind of down-on-Lee night. John, Kevin, and Maria were pissed that he apparently blew off practice. He appeared bored on Tuesday when basically Kevin, Dave, and Seth worked on vocals. It is brought up that Linda, his wife, was kind of pissed that we gave Chuck $50 to run the sound at Red Dog. Kevin states that he's not looking to fire Lee, but that we should talk to him. The point is made that Kevin helps pimp the band john and kevin work on the equipment dave makes posters for the group and lee has no extracurricular activities or even attempts to help with setting up he never even inquires february 15th back at the spur another fun evening at the tangled spur seth has spent all day practicing is going to attempt to play on every song. As the usual Canton area gets hit with another two inches of snow, the bar is cold and will stay cold for most of the evening. The band wives are wearing layers of clothes to the bar now. While setting up, the band encounters a loud buzzing noise from the sound system, and the band troubleshoots for approximately 30 minutes. We try different chords, outlets. We're kind of able to finally eliminate the buzz, but it cuts it very close to starting time. The night went off pretty much without a hitch. John is kicking himself at the end of the night. Due to his busy schedule, he admits his lack of practicing is becoming embarrassing on stage. Seth made it through the evening. If Kevin flubbed any words, it wasn't apparent. And David tried a configuration with his amplifier that destroyed the sound the first set. His guitar was too distorted. He went back to his tried and true pedal board, and everyone agreed it sounded better. Dave surprises Kevin at the beginning of the second set by having the crowd sing happy birthday to Kevin. Happy birthday! The band performs Where Am I Gonna Live? The whole evening has a needed spark. Kevin has everyone keep playing just a G chord as he prods people to come up on stage to sing along. Suddenly, a whole group of manly men rush the stage. It was a nice boost to the show. Seth is now using an amp on stage, and it's a nice touch as we can now hear what he's playing. The band has added a new ballad whenever you come around with Seth is going to sing. Most of the ballads with the reworked vocals are sounding really good, and Seth really liked So Help Me Girl in particular. We were previously booked for one week in March, and now Glenn, the bar owner, wants us to play every week. The band is in the middle of playing three weeks in a row. This means after the Red Dog next week, we will get a one-week break, and then four weeks straight. Dave is kind of hesitant about that. He says it's fine with him. You know, if we take a break in April, Seth is ready, willing, and able. He had a two-word plan. Let's go. 
Lee is all for it, as is John. It's a fun time, so the decision is made and we'll be playing every week in March at the Tangled Spur. The good news is this will be an extra $200 for each member if you take the $50 times four weeks. However, if we have the opportunity to book other gigs, we're now tied to the Tangled Spur, and this is one of the smallest clubs. Granted, it's a nice club, but we're kind of tied to it. At this point, the band is looking forward to the Red Dog next week. We will get to initiate the new, now paid for, Snake. And John is going to check on the preamps and the effects unit that mysteriously has never showed up at Gattuso's music. The band is going to actually practice at the Red Dog this week as Dave will be going to a Metallica concert on Tuesday. This could be interesting with new tunes. We hope to add the songs Baby Likes to Rock and Be My Baby Tonight. February 22nd and 23rd at the Red Dog. Did you say $350? The band sets up Thursday in a slightly warmer Red Dog. The weather is getting warmer and it's been in the 40s. John is really getting sick and looks like cold death on a stick. The band is making great time setting up and then runs into a grounding problem with the monitor ramp that causes us to spend an hour troubleshooting a buzz again. Friday goes okay. The sound is a little different. The monitors are pretty much non-existent. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, that's what I thought. Background vocals are a little too low. And due to the low monitor volume, the stage volume is really low. And much of Seth and Dave is trampled by the drums. Because there's no control over those babies. Dave and Seth try not to trample on each other. But we're having a hard time trying to let the other person be heard. Thanks to the weather, it's a pretty good crowd for a Friday. There's some dude running around being your typical, you know, hey, I just got out of prison, drunken fool. Dave's batteries are low, as are John's, and the crowd is kind of strange. They're just staring at us. Dave is going through the motions, and he contemplates not going into the audience during Fast As You, but finally strolls on in. He is followed by a mental patient into the bar area who says, let's hear you play that thing. And then he sticks his face about two inches from Dave's strings. Due to Dave's lack of sleep and lack of monitors and lack of stage volume, he leaves the gig very frustrated. While Chris and Maria say we sounded good, it just wasn't sounding good on stage, and Dave really needs some sleep. Seth is doing a fine job of learning material and adds some unexpected, but right on the money, backup vocals. I mean, the guy just rocks. Dave has to teach a class at 9 the following morning. On his way home, he decides to stop into the musician's bargain basement and see if there's a, any sign of an equalizer. If he had one of those, we could boost the monitor mix. Sure enough, there's one there, and Dave charges it. Thank God for charge cards. So much for making profit this weekend, but if this means we can sound better, it'll put the fun back into the gigs. Upon talking to John on the phone, Dave tells John how he saw a Spectrum Analyzer. John immediately pops a boner over the phone. Dave returns to the bargain basement and adds another item onto the visa. Thank God for credit cards. The band shows up early to play with the new toys. John has completed the transaction of trading in the amp for an effects unit and a compressor, but unfortunately, we don't have much time to set them up, and using the analyzer and the new equalizer is going to take some time. The room seems to resonate at a certain frequency, and we just can't get rid of it. It sounds crisper, but we just need more time to experiment. But Oh, well, the show must go on. 
Dave and Kevin's amp switch positions on stage, and now Seth and Dave are separated and will not be stomping on each other's volumes. John's happy as this is one of the first times he's actually got to hear what Dave is playing. The weather has taken a turn for the worse. Shocking. It's cold. Dave watches Tammy turn off the heat at the end of the third set. And by the end of the fourth set, it's a very cold stage. The band is not happy. Dave, still in need of some sleep, complains on stage about the heat. The crowd pretty much sucks. No one really exchanged witty banner with at this point. And musically, we are better tonight. It seemed our meter was a little more solid, despite a typical mosh version of Ain't Going Down. The band goes to get paid, only to find that Tammy has a sob story about how she bought too much beer and she barely has enough to pay us. If we take our full 350 she will make less than $30 on the night. She wants to pay us 300 After some discussion... The band decides to compromise and take 325. We also let Tammy know about the lack of heat and how we feel it's hurting business. Tammy boohoo's some more. She explains how much it costs to heat the place. She begs the band not to tell anyone, the fact that we're getting shortchanged, of course, not to tell her husband. It's pretty much assumed that Tammy is your typical drunk who owns a bar so it doesn't show that she's a drunk. Tammy is floored by the lack of people. Mike, a guy from work, has placed peanut shells on the floor to see just when they'll be swept up. Some wager that it may be in the year 2006. The place is a dump and she wonders why nobody is pounding at the door. The band took the nice guy way out. Sure, there was more than enough argument to get paid on full. Instead, we opted to take what amounted to a $5 pay cut for each of us. And we're going to get booked when it's warmer out. In a nutshell, we took a long-term approach. We also told Tammy that this was the only time we'd be doing her any favors. And this puts a shitty ending to a shitty weekend. Musically, the band was pretty solid. We're all still kind of fighting colds. We're at the Tangled Spur for the next four weeks. Glenn says he is advertising on a local country station. Had he not already advertised, the band was going to attempt to get out of the gig. We kind of need a break. Due to his parents being in from out of town, Seth will have to miss one of the Tangled Spurs gigs. It'll be weird to go back to playing without him. While tearing down the equipment, Seth gets a little friend who follows him around. His name is Dave, and he's totally wasted. I don't want you to get out from here. He knows Seth from his days back in Blackhawk. As Dave puts it, I've known Jeff for years. Nice. His name is Seth. He asks Seth for his address, to which Seth supplies a fake one. He asks for his phone number, and poor Seth has to tell him, um, I don't have one. Drunken Dave the Dick says he'll write Seth a letter this week. Dave wants to know if we're hiring in the band. Dave thinks, uh, nope, we have all the drunks we need. Thank you. What a night. The band makes plans for Tuesday. Again, we'll try to work on Be My Baby Tonight and Baby Likes to Rock It. February 25th. Lee blows off another practice and Dave apologizes for his wife. The band shows up at Kevin's around 6.45. Seth, Dave, and Kevin still have their work clothes on. The usual joking and all that kind of goes on, and 
Dave has to do the embarrassing task of apologizing for his wife's behavior last Saturday. It turns out that Chris was so pissed about the cut and pay that she went in and emptied a trash can into the Red Dog's toilet. Had she got caught, she could have really got us in some serious trouble. Dave apologizes for her actions, explains how he has talked to her, and she says she will maintain her control in the future. It then becomes apparent that Lee is nowhere to be found. Upon checking the answering machine, we get a message from Lee asking if we're still practicing. It has always been the general idea that we will always practice unless otherwise noted. This is peculiar, as we had mentioned at the Red Dog about practicing on Tuesday. There's also a message from Linda asking Kevin to call Lee. So upon calling Lee, Kevin finds that there is no one answering the phone. And all out Lee Fowler Bashfet follows from his lack of stage clothes, dog shitting in his house, meter problems, constant grumbling, general greed, lack of team spirit to the stupid shit he says only Seth's wife's ginger can break the negativity by saying he seems like a nice guy. Kevin is amazed as even Dave is joining in. The band is kind of bummed that Lee has chosen to give us the shaft again. We're not really sure why. Maybe he was pissed the one week when John called off. Note, John called off. That week, we worked on vocals. Lee was unhappy about paying Chuck the one night at the Red Dog. And while the band calmed him down to discuss a pre-Tammy meeting, Lee did not follow us back to the kitchen to discuss the cut-in pay issue. However, much like the person who doesn't vote but hates the president, Lee bitched when we returned with the outcome. While musically, we don't have a huge problem with him, his attitude is bringing some of the band members kind of down. As Randy from Southern Road puts it, he's your weakest link. Seth brings up a talented drummer with a killer PA. Kevin and John foam at the mouth. Seth makes some calls, and the first step to booting Lee is taken. The audition will happen the following Thursday night. We have to play good, as this guy is currently subbing for a band called Diamond Hitch, and he's very loyal, and we have to make it a no-brainer for him to join. A call is made, and the first step to booting Lee out of the band is made. Here we go again. After making numerous calls, Seth gets a hold of Ron. He's coming next Thursday. This should be interesting. Dave is not sure if the problem we have with Lee, are, are they big enough to fire him? He did just donate his earnings to the new snake. So this doesn't really seem 100% ethical. Later in the week, Dave finds out that Linda had called John's house and Rhonda told her that John was on his way to practice. Thus, Lee knew we were practicing. The following day, Lee calls John and tries to talk his way out of his mistake. He says he called and nobody answered the phone. This is funny, as we were all sitting around basically playing Nintendo. Kick its ass, Seth! It's really not looking good for Lee. If he didn't want to practice, he should have just told us that he didn't want to practice. Now he's kind of slightly betrayed the trust of the band, he's wasted our time, and generally left a bad taste in our mouth. Oddly enough, his one-year anniversary is right around this time. In the next episode, we are back at the Tangled Spur. Subscribe out at our website as well as buy a t-shirt. It's all out there, historyofsixshooter.com. <laughs>